Preach can't preach with Rashad. We are the prophets in the episode, another sermon coming at you from 12 Ounce Sports, Zingo TV, Aha Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you can find us. Uh, what's up, Rashad? What's going on, man? What's up, bro, man? Another week, another fun week of NBA news, man. A lot of crazy stuff coming up right now. Everybody killing Jordan for the last dance. <laughs> Definitely, uh, we got a we got a guest for y'all, man. No straight into the show. I think this is maybe your third time. Low key, you might be the most popular one on our show. Uh, you can find them on NBA Quick Report on Twitter, uh, NBAQuickReport.com. They've been featured on like Bleach Report, USA Today, and stuff like that. Um, Mike, what's going on? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Appreciate the plugs too. Hey, you no, guys are everywhere. No doubt. No doubt. That. <laughs> no doubt. Um, so first. I kind of want just us to get into into Bradley Beal. Uh, just I think the rumor just hit maybe like maybe two hours ago, uh, talking about the Nets and the Wizards making a possible deal. What do y'all think about that? Like, like do you first of all do we think Bradley Beal need to be freed or the causes on himself to be in Washington when he could have just walked away? Um, but and also do you think the new uh, the Brooklyn Nets? Had the package and had had the assets to acquire a guy like Bradley Beal, and on top of that, will the Wizards say yes? Like, because we got to think, it's a two sided deal. So, will the Wizards say yes? So, Mike, I'll throw it to you first. So, I'm thinking there's got to be at least a third team involved because there's not a lot of salary outside of uh, KD and Kyrie. Like the next biggest salary, we're looking at like Dinwiddie's got like 11 million on his deal. Levert is still pretty inexpensive after his extension kicks in it's a little bit pricier but they gotta at least start off with Dinwiddie and Levert and I don't even know if that'll work as far as salary um and and it's you know time will tell if the Wizards even want to you know make a deal like that or if they want to give Wall another chance to team up with Beal and see what's going on there yeah I'm thinking along the same lines of yeah, I'm thinking along those same lines of Dinwiddie around like 11, 12 million, uh, Levert around 16, 17 million. So that's that's two guys who kind of equal out to what Bill's deal is. And then you got to just throw in some picks or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm um, I'm on I'm on the mindset. Well, if the Wizards make this deal, so they'll have what I mean. I'll assume they get Dinwiddie and Karis Levert, but it's like. John Wall, like John Wall's on the way back, and and I've kind of like okay, well the Nets best best things are guards, and are we? Do, do you think uh, you think Washington want to play the OKC style with three point guards in the lineup, or you know would they want Jared Allen, who now find himself on the bench? So, hey, you got you got a couple guys that they do have the assets, I believe, but but like y'all said, like can is the money gonna match up? Are we gonna find the right? You know, right, the right pieces, and and would it be a third team involved? And I, you know, I'm I'm just not sure, but I know Brooklyn's standpoint, like they was get Bradley Beal, like look out. They'd be tough. They'd be tough. Listen, there's one other player I'm gonna throw out there. It'd be Victor Oladipo. I think he'd be easier to get for them than Beal, because 
you got to think the Pacers can't, they're not going to be able to afford their core four of Brogdon, um, Sabonis, Turner, and Oladipo. And you got to think, was it last year or two years ago, they went through all those, uh, the contract negotiations and nothing really came of it. So his deal's cheaper. It's more of a rental, but I think they could get him for less than what they would get Beal for. You probably you probably right, especially with the uh, with the injuries he yeah, just I'm had. Yeah, I'm thinking like the Oladipo thing. If they don't offer him what he's looking for, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's looking for like what twenty twenty five million. If they don't offer him what he's looking for, he's probably out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would hate to see Pacers uh, lose Depot because I feel like man, this is a team that's always like they always a great built team. And I mean, Brogdon's a bonus. I mean, they they looking like young stars anyway. So I guess. If that was, I mean, and you can get like a Levert or or, or Dan Witty to Indiana, hey, they still gonna make the playoffs. So that, you know, Nate, Nate McMillan, right. great coach. So you remember right that that's that's a, that's a cheaper option, easier option, um, and makes the most sense as far as money wise to get. Man, if if it do, if it does happen, does Brooklyn win the title next year? If they stay healthy, I mean, you got to think all the all three guys got injury history, so that's tough. You got an Achilles, you got a quad and a shoulder. That's tough injuries in basketball. It's true. Man, you know, I already put it out there last year. I had KD going to the Knicks, and I was like, they're going to go to the finals. But, you know, <laughs> after he didn't go, I almost said, well, him and Kyrie healthy, they can go to the finals. And I'm hoping next year against the Warriors so KD can prove that he was the that, that key piece because everybody keeps trying to diminish what he did with the Warriors. But – Hopefully, uh, him and Kyrie can get there. Whether they get whether they get Bradley Beal or not, whether they get Oladipo or not, I just hope him and Kyrie can both get there. Right. Uh, let's move on to the Last Dance, ten uh, part documentary. Finally done. It, it seemed like it just started yesterday. Um, for first, I got again like, was it was it the was it the deliver to the hype? Um, and, and and it's kind of like, man, do we do we deserve more? Like, do the fans need to see more? I know there's a lot of like deleted scenes. Stuff they didn't put in there. That is a lot of stories they didn't talk about. Uh, you know, they talked about Jordan leaving the game, but they didn't really talk about NBA during that time, except like Pip and quitting and stuff like that. But um, like, were y'all satisfied, or did, did it leave y'all wanting more? Well, you're always wanting more when it comes to basketball, so I'm gonna put that out there first. Um, I mean, ten episodes was a lot, though. Like, you, we got a lot of stuff out of it. But like you're thinking, it's like, damn, we got 10 episodes, but there's still so much more they could have gone with. So they definitely could have spun more off of it. I mean, there's like Rodman, all his craziness. They could have done a whole 10-part episode on his Las Vegas (laughs) trip, honest to God. So, I mean, I feel like they could have done more, but (laughs) I'm not going to say it didn't live up to the hype because it was still pretty badass. Uh, overall, for me, I thought it came out pretty good. Um, you know, despite the reports of guys coming out saying like how they were depicted, or you know, just the allegations that, that teams are, what well, that guys are throwing out about what happened back with those teams. I think overall, as an individual piece, or overall piece, it came out pretty good. Um, it kind of made Mike more human. People, you know, everybody always just says, you know, on the Twitter debates, the Facebook debates, or whatever, the barbershop debates, oh six and no, the MVPs, all that kind of stuff, but. I think it, it kind of showed the the man behind behind the madness of his mentality and what all he went through with the organization and how it got to that point. I know say Scotty's not big, but not only him, but it was for family or 
when he was trying to end the contract or better contract, that was for him and his family. So, you know, I, I think everything that Scotty did was for the betterment of himself and outside of sitting out for the team. But I think he came out better than anybody. So I was surprised to see he didn't like how it was depicted because Mike gave him a lot of props. Yeah, I have no idea why he was so mad. Um, coming out saying he that that, that he there he was livid. I mean, I don't, obviously Pippen haven't said it is you know his his camp or whatever. But I mean, outside of him quitting on the team, which he apologized right after, um, and the money contract. I mean, what else was what else was the the big deal? I don't know. Right, like everybody that was interviewed said they loved Pip, so. I don't know how he could be that mad about it. Yeah, that, that was that was a little crazy on that part. Um, yeah, the teammates all gave him props. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it from that standpoint. Um, did, did anybody for watching this documentary? Did anything change? Um, like, you know, what you thought? What you thought of Phil Jackson? What you thought of Scotty? What you thought of Mike? Uh, after all these episodes. Uh, on Mike, it definitely changed a little bit. Like, you he it kind of like softened my view of him because he got real emotional at the end of episode. What was it? Was it seven uh, or seven, it was seven, eight? seven, eight? Yeah. Yeah. When he, at the very end there, they were asking him like if he was like a tyrant or a nice guy and he almost like broke down and was like holding back tears saying like, you know, if you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. But um, it made him a lot more human. Whereas other guys were talking about him as like this mythical creature, God type figure. Yeah. I kind of I like I like the Robin side, and I feel like they was kind of after the Robin episode when it was like for him for like what twenty minutes, they kind of just forgot about him. It it made it seem like he wasn't a big part, him or Horace Grant to for that uh, claim. Like they felt like they wasn't a big part of the team. But if you think about it, the Chicago Bulls. I know Jordan said without Pippen, there's no there's no six rings, but I believe that Horace Grant and Robin played a big a way bigger role than they portrayed. Uh, Horace Grant being more all around and Robin being so elite on defense and rebounding, like they felt like Robin led the league in rebounding like four or five years, like averaging fifteen rebounds. And you know we see we see the Vegas parties and all this stuff like that, him going off to uh, Vegas, but they they really kind of messed that up a little bit. Like to it was it was a big three. It wasn't it wasn't a big two in in, in my in my eyes. Yeah, I think everybody came out great. Steve, Steve Kerr, Tony Kukoc. I think everybody, you know, they all set their part. As you know, the backstory really helped too, as far as like where they came up from and their upbringing. Like the Steve Kerr thing, I think that kind of touched a lot of people. And I think you know, feel that he always gets kind of dinged a little bit as far as saying, no, he had three of the ten best players ever, so he shouldn't be considered a great coach. But you got to still take into account the fact that you got to still manage the locker room and the front office of the Bulls and then what he went through with the Lakers. I know him and Jerry West, but it hits at times and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, of course, with Shaq and Kobe, Kobe's emerging. Shaq wants to get paid. So what Phil can do with all these teams as far as just basically once he's there for a year, he can just transfer into a championship team behind me one for all. If stuff as well, I think him and Scott can feel – say he's not going to come back even with a one-year contract because they would have lost in 99. I don't care who they would have played. They they were old in 98. Like, if Utah hits a couple free throws or 
shots in some different games, that series in 98 swings the whole other way. I don't know. I think they would have taken on them Spurs in 99. Yeah, I mean, I think they would have been there. I, and I think that's that's what makes like the what-if question about if they come for sure. back for seven so, so great because Tim Duncan, I mean, yes, he was a baby, but that was a bad man. Like, Dave okay. Robinson was a bad man, even though he was eight, you know, aged a little bit there. But still, like, that's two twin towers that – the Bulls haven't had the face during their, you know, during their their run. It was a power forward and guard. Um, Charles Barkley, you had, uh, I guess, a mixed match in, in that sense. But they never had two big guys, and that they probably wouldn't come off the court. So it's kind of like, mm, would if Robin came back, would he had a big showing against two seven footers? You know, it, it's, it's a lot of different things, and obviously they didn't have the no answer for Jordan, but. I mean, if my big men both get me 20 and 10, I mean, it's going to be hard to beat them. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Man, the Miami Heat really should have made it. They had, they had the best record here. Yeah, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be losing to the Knicks from the first round. <laughs> not not AC, not without Patrick Ewing. Um, All right, so I kind of want to go into this. All right, so top five teams, because we know MJ – you know, I think the reason why you know you can say he's the goat is because you know a lot of guys didn't get to to reach that pinnacle, winning the championship. Uh, you know, the Carl Malone's, the Stockton, the Charles Barkley's, the Gary Payton's, and and so so many other players uh, couldn't really win because it was one guy winning all the championships in '99. He got six out of the nine. Uh, the Rockets got two, and then we talk about the Spurs getting the last one. So uh, dur- during his during his era of his basketball, uh, MJ's career. Uh, not counting the Bulls, who are y'all? Who are the top five uh, teams uh, in during his era? Mike, you can start it off. I'm not going to put it in order, but there was a lot of good teams, and I think they were better in the beginning of MJ's career rather than at the later stages. So those 85 through 87 Lakers and Celtics teams got to be in the top 10 teams of all time. And, um, I mean, the – Jordan was too young. The Bulls weren't, you know, at that stage yet to compete with those guys. So I think those two got to be up there. Um, So 85 Lakers, 86 Celtics, um, however you want to call it there. Let's see, what else do I have here? They never played the 95 Rockets, but I I think that would have been the best finals um, matchup for Jordan just because you got Hakeem, you got Drexler, Robert Ory. That team was loaded. you know, when in, it was back-to-back, right, 94-95? Yeah. Yeah, back-to-back. I mean, you might get lucky once, but two in a row, you, that's tough. You're legit if you win two in a row. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you got the bad boy Pistons, 89-90. and 90. So, I mean, that team was tough, obviously. It took Jordan how many tries to beat them. And then you got – I'm probably going to go out and say the Jazz. I think the 97 Jazz were better just because in 98 – Stockton was starting to get a little older, and he was, you know, his numbers were declining. And um, with Malone and Stockton and, and Hornacek in '97, that team was good. All right, uh, I'm, I'm gonna give you my top five. So, like I said, there's no order. Um, so I, I counted, I counted the '90s when they won championships. Well, just in the '90s, I, I kind of didn't count the eight, the '80s because one Jordan was a man, you know, just one-man show. And I kind of wanted to put Phil Jackson in there a little bit. But I did have this team in there. Um, I think the Pistons in 1990, um, this was, you know, Jordan is trying to get to the finals for his first time. 
and he just couldn't beat the Pistons yet. Uh, I think we lost in seven, I believe. Uh, but the Pistons that season uh, beat the Pacers, young Reggie Miller, beat the Knicks, and beat the Bulls. I thought, you know, those three teams were were the 90s, and the Pistons uh, was able to beat all three in a row and then go and beat the Blazers in, in the finals. So that was that was one of my teams, I think, you know, with Zeke and the Bad Boys. After that, they kind of broke up. But uh, I think that was just a great team. And it just, like, started the next wave to the 90s because they beat all three of those guys, and those teams were there every step of the way. Um I went in 95. I went Rockets and the Magic. Um, we talk about, you talk about the Rockets won the championship. Um, you know, even though Jordan wasn't there, you know, to the most of the season, I just thought that Hakeem and Clyde, when they got together, it, it went back to the old Houston, uh, Houston Cougar days back in college. So, um, and I think that team would have been great. That 95 team was better than 94, in my opinion, just because you added Clyde, a shooting guard right. who can, yeah. who can com- combat, you know, um, combat uh, Jordan. Uh, 95, like I said, Magic, Shaq, and Penny, the new wave. Uh, they did beat Jordan in the playoffs, even though Jordan was number 45, and Nick Anderson taunted him there and said, you know, that's that's 45, that's not 23. But um, this team could have been something special as far as the dynasty um, if Shaq didn't leave. But that 95 team was special. Um, you know, Nick Anderson, Horace Grant going there as well. Uh, that team was pretty stacked. Um, and I had, and you said that you said the 97 was better, which I can understand. But I had I had the '98 Jazz. I think they had a great chance uh, to win just because when you think of when you think of um, the way they were about to lose. So let's let's say they won Game Six. Game Seven was back in Utah again. Like they had two chances to try to win, and I think you know right. that that was their best chance to me to win because going on the road in Chicago, do you really think they can win twice? You know that that's you know that's kind of a ah I don't think so. Uh, but I think Carmelo was on the, you know, he was on a rampage. Even though he won in '97, I thought he was great in '98 as well. Um, then I went Pacers '98. Um, I think that I think the Pacers were like, if if this kind of if this Jordan, if this Jordan team was was coming back um, a little bit, um, like if it's, let's say you pick up that Jordan dynasty '96 through '98 and move them to like '98. 98, 2000 or something, and they were playing that Pacers teams. Like, I don't know. I feel like the Pacers would have got them. I'm, I'm not just saying that, but, like, with Reggie and Rick Smith, the Davis brothers, uh, Mark Jackson running the show. You still got Jalen Rose off the bench. I just feel like they was the probably the deepest team the Bulls ever seen. And I and I thought that they, maybe maybe if Pacers had another crack at them, they probably could have won. I mean, maybe just Jordan and Pippen all them getting older, but still, I think, I think they had a great chance. And for me, man, I went two '90s teams. I went the Lakers in '90. Yeah, I went. I went the Lakers in '90, and I went the Pistons in '90. I think if Bulls would have made it in '90, they would have lost the title anyway. I just think that Lakers team won about 60 games, and of course, we know what Detroit Mike on his up on his uh his come up. So I think the Lakers and Pistons of both '90 were good teams. Um, I went the Suns. Um, if really has a better game one or a potential packs and miss, that title could swing to the Suns as well. So I went that team. I went in '97 Jazz. I know Kel said in I went '97 Jealous Carl Malone's MVP year, and then my fifth team. Um, I would have to say those '96 Sonics team because they they had like a four or five year run when they were winning 55, 60 games perennially. So I think a '96 Sonics team things go a little bit different way. Maybe if Gary Payton is the the glove and locks Mike up all six games. Maybe they 
they still a different game or two here than win the uh the series but those be my five the 90s lakers uh 90s pistons those uh 93 suns the 96 Sonics, and 97 jazz hey those uh those 96 sonics you know we talk about the 94 Sonics. you said they won like 56 games in a row they lost first round to the Nuggets. I'm just saying. I'm just pointing out that this. Like, it, you ever you ever realize like these teams? Like we, we seen we seen Charles one time. Like we seen the Rockets got there twice only, and the Sonics got there once. It's like man, I, I I wish they could do a documentary on just the West teams fighting it out each other, beating each other. Because we seen Carl Malone and them ain't get to there to the '97 '98 season. I, I want to see like a documentary of just just the West in the '90s, all trying to go and lose to Jordan. <laughs> as the end result, but as far as getting there, man, it was it was hard to get there to finally and to finally see Jordan for those West teams that we we, we pretty much named most of the West teams. It just was it just hard to go through that battle and didn't have to see the best player in the league. Is 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 there is there a year um, that you think the Bulls should have lost out of the six finals? Or could have lost. I won't say should have, but could have. I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, out of all of them that they were in, I don't know. I honestly think though, if they, the nine, if they would have played the Rockets in ninety four, ninety five, if you know Jordan was there and all that good stuff, I think they would have lost to the Rockets. Honestly. Yeah, I can see that. Shot. I'm going ninety eight, man. They were running on fumes basically scotty's hurt dennis is out doing crazy stuff 98 <laughs> yeah and i'm gonna go i'm gonna go 96 uh not 96 uh 93 um against the suns like i, I don't know i, I feel like uh, charles barkley he, he mentioned he was like how they came out in game one um they had a chance to steal a couple games and it all it was in every single game and i think that paxton shot like i feel like that was just the right night i feel like if you you play that scenario tim like nine more times the odds would be in the Suns' favor, and in Game Seven, we don't know what, what happens. And, and I think Charles Barkley probably was the best the best matchup for for them. I mean, the, the hardest matchup because what what is his position? Like, what is he? You know, what I'm saying power power four, six, base six six. Is he a shooting guard size? But he's just as big as your center. Like, I thought he he created mismatches for against the Bulls, and and that probably was their best chance to uh, to lose, in my opinion. Yeah, I could agree with you on that. Every game was close. Looking at you know, looking at the box scores now, I, you forget about it. But they were all pretty much down to the wire. So a possession here and there can swing everything. Uh, what, what was crazy? I, so I looked, kind of looked at '94 because you know, if, if Charles Barkley after the Dream Team in '92, you go to the finals '93, you win the MVP, you lose to you lose to Jordan uh, in six. So I'm thinking like, okay, '94, oh Charles Barkley, you have arrived, and they was up 2-0 on the Rockets. And lost a series. Like, are, do you, do y'all like ever? Do you ever believe like the whole notion about Jordan stopped these guys from winning championships, um, or do you think like really a lot of people stopped was stopped by other people because this was a chance for Charles Barkley to go win his uh, finals, and he lost and he up too old, and he won those two games on the road, went home and, and got blown out, and it's kind of like man, Charles Barkley had a chance to win the finals here. Uh, we talked about the Rockets only been getting there. They got there twice, but it's like, where were you at the rest of the the rest of the nineties? Um, and it's, it's so many times like that. And I I, I kind of think the narrative of Jordan stopped this many people you know, for winning rings is like, okay, yeah, at the at the end. But it's like 
they only they only had one or two chances. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm a I'm a big believer in rings don't ju- you know uh, define a player's career. Um, if that was the case, Bill Russell's the goat. You know what I mean? But right. Charles never won a ring, and he was such a such a good player. Um, and I think if he got one, he would be held at such a higher standard all time. Um, before, before, yeah, I'm with you, man. I don't think rings equal greatness either. Like it's just of some guy, some guys are right place, right time. Yeah, yeah, I'm on, I'm, I'm on the same tier because you got to think like, you got to think all these guys, like all these greats, and in the '90s, like I, I put up a poll, uh, Mike, the other day, um, and I said which, which, which era was the weakest. Do you like I, in '90s? Won '90s didn't win. Um, '90s won the as the toughest era between the '80s, '90s, 2000s, 2010s. Uh, I think the weakest was 2010 plus. Do Do you believe that the '90s were was the toughest? Um, I, the reason I'm I asked that question is like I know it's kind of like recency bias a little bit, but with all these friend, uh, expansion teams like the Minnesota coming in, Miami coming in, um, well I think uh, Vancouver came in. I'm missing another team, but. All these teams came in, and it's like these teams are not good. And you see the same, you see, you saw the same teams every year: the Bulls, the Pacers, the Knicks. You saw the Sonics, the Suns, the Rockets, the Jazz. Like it was the same, the same boatload. It, it kind of feel like now, where it's the same teams. Uh, it, the Heat you know, during during that time, it was always the Heat. It was the Celtics. It was the Spurs, the Lakers. Like it's always the same group of teams. Like, do you think it really was that so much tough? compared to other other eras or you think it's just it's just, it is what is what it is i think it is what it is um i think in every era there's always a couple of teams that are just powerhouses and they're going to control that that era i mean you look at the tens you got you know pretty much whoever lebron's on so you, i mean you got the heat Cavs, and then the warriors um in the 2000s you got the lakers running it with kobe and Shaq, and then you know kobe and powell going forward too um it's tough. I think that the style of play in the '90s it, it was so different because number one the physicality, but you got to think too. In the early '90s, it was still like a really high scoring league, and then it like just like that progressed into a you know 80, 84, 81 you know finals victory, and you don't see that any day now. Um, we're seeing 120 plus point games by both teams in finals nowadays. Like it's crazy. Um, I think those days of low scoring are over. Mm. I think with the exception of like, for example, big Cavs fan, whatever game seven, it was what 93 89 in 2016. And that was like shocking. <laughs> but back then you're looking at 97, 98, that would, that would have been like, wow, that's kind of high scoring. Cause you know, you had those guys in, in the eighties with final scores and seventies. Yeah. I, I thought that jazz blowout loss only scoring 54. I was like, bro, that's that's crazy. <laughs> what kind of <laughs> like I have I, I need to go find and rewatch that game again because like no you don't <laughs> that's a forty two that's a forty two forty two point blowout man yeah like, that's a that, that's a high school score man that was ridiculous so the Warriors score fifty four and a quarter right and that's, that's the crazy that's the crazy part Rashad so uh I was telling Mike about you know about our, our poll about the the weakest era versus the strongest era and they said the 90s was so you know was so strong but do you like I asked Mike and he said the same thing like it really just is what it is like at that time it was the same teams just like it is now like next year 
It's gonna be the same teams: Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, uh, Rockets, Sixers. It's gonna be Celtics. It's, it's gonna be the same as that. You know, eight, eight to team, eight to ten teams. That's always there. Is it really? Are you saying? Are you really making it like that much stronger? Is it really that much stronger, or is it like? Ugh. But you no, know, that's just the game. You know, the the wins are always gonna follow the best player. So, for example, like you said, in the nineties. All right, in the West, you had what the Sonics, the Jazz, the Rockets, the Spurs. When Chuck got the Phoenix, you know, they went up a notch because they made the finals then. And then you had the Lakers kind of off and on. So that's your your six West teams right there. And then in the East, it was just the Bulls, the Pacers, the Knicks. Once the Heat kind of got going, they were they were there. And while they had Shaq and Penny, the Magic were there. So that's just the way the NBA, you're going to have about 10 teams. Of- what can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender license in all 50 states and MLS Consumer Access.org number 3030. Those 10 to 12 only maybe four will be like a legit contender. Like you, you feel like they can win the title this year, and that was always going to be the Bulls. If the Knicks get past them, it'll be them. And then you had Utah, and I think what five West Finals. So you know, there's always going to be about three or four teams that you feel confident in. And it's the mm-hmm. same thing this year: Clippers, Lakers, Bucks are like the true contenders. But if Boston catches a lucky break, or if Houston catches a lucky break, they're right there. So that's yeah. just the way of the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it's the way it is, and it goes back years. Because even way back when, I mean, Lakers and Celtics, that was they ran it. They ran the whole league, and then you got the Bulls. Um, you know, every era's got you know different teams that just start to run it for a few years. So yeah, outside of the seventies, that was like that weird time when they were doing like the merge and all that kind of stuff, all that parody. But outside of that, like Mike said, from the eighties on now, if you look at it, you know, it's not that Celtics. Many so yeah, Celtics, Lakers, Pistons, Bulls, Rockets, yep. and then Spurs, Lakers, Spurs, Lakers. Right, <laughs> so like the, the the titles follow the same people. Yeah, that and, and that and that's the crazy part. Even looking back at it, like we talked about the the eighties being dominated by two teams, the nineties by by one, and then the two thousands really really two or three. And it's like, okay, so it, it, everything is still the same. I, I don't understand, you know, they want to say everything's so good back then. You know, if, if all this debate about uh, Jordan was scoring 50. Now Durant go back then, he wouldn't, blah, blah. I was like, man, it's really the same type of NBA. Like, the game, the rules change. That's what I mean, the rules change and players change. That's really all this. The game always stayed the same. Yeah, that, that Mike scoring 40 thing, they, they tripping. If James Harden can't get 40 perennially with wild shots he taking, and that's my guy. If he not getting forty, Mike not getting forty. I mean, then look at look at Kobe. Like Kobe wasn't averaging forty. He had like one year in like thirty seven, I think, and it was thirty five, thirty seven, something like that. So that's Mike's carbon copy, and Mike couldn't even shoot the three. So right. how's he going to average forty? KD can average forty. He he only shoot twenty times, and he hit fifty percent. He don't average forty. Yeah, Mike, what do you think? What you think about Jordan averaging you know forty points a game? He, bro, he is not averaging forty. <laughs> He'd be up there. I think he'd be pretty comparable to Harden. Um, mm-hmm. I think with the work they stretch the floor now, he's got a lot more room to attack. But nobody uses that that mid range jumper anymore. It's either layups, dunks, or threes. And like, 
I'm sure his game would adapt. I'm sure he would have developed a three-point shot, you know, better than he had in his bag back then. But uh, no, 40, that's crazy. You you see Chris Broussard up there saying 50. I'm like, dude, you need to <laughs> he, he, he might think it's the Wood Chamberlain 7, 18's era. <laughs> hey, I, I thought it was crazy because, like, all right, I kind of looked at it. Jordan Jordan probably averaged maybe about four to five more more shots than James Harden does now. And I'm like, James Harden shoot a lot of threes, though, with that. So it's like yeah. – so it's he, like you said, Rashad, he's not getting 40. So, yeah, and I, somebody was like, well, he can get 40. I was like, okay, well, do you want to win or do you want to average 40? Because every every person I know, he's going to be like Bradley Beal over here, here in Washington scoring 50 – 50 points a night and losing like i don't know yeah, too same th- yeah. same with him same same thing like what 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 team is gonna let you score 40 and you win ah you know that's not that's not gonna happen like because yeah. if you want to win a championship your second best player gotta get 25 like you know what i'm saying like he, he gotta get buckets like and that's you know that, that could be the bucks downfall middleton doesn't score 25 or you know the warriors had three guys who can get 25 in any given night in the, in the playoff game so if you if you don't have that second score he not he's not letting you take 25 30 shots Best believe it. Yeah, no way. Yeah, I don't know about that, man. They, I understand like the '90s was like that golden era for a lot of guys. Because when you look at okay, 20 years ago, these guys were in their prime, like they're 20, 30 years old, like Chris Broussard and Steve Nottles guys. So I understand they have like a certain reverence for that era, and I think we all kind of do to a certain extent. But at the same time, they have to. I mean, you can't overblow the era either because that's when. People of our era kind of be like, all right, now you, you, you pushing it. Nobody's averaging 40. Like, there's a reason why Will averaged that 50 and 25. I mean, look at the era. Nobody was, nobody was as big as him, and that's like the most inefficient era. That's how you get 25, 30 rebounds. Nobody could shoot. <laughs> yeah, people don't people don't never say that part. <laughs> it's like, why did why did Will average 25 rebounds in the season? Yeah. Like, Bob, Bob Cousy dribbling with one hand. Like, Kyrie will smoke him. And I don't even like Kyrie like that. <laughs> hey, but you, you mentioned about the overblowing. So, like, do you, do you, uh, Mike, for example, do you feel like guys like Stockton and Peyton either get forgotten about because, you know, maybe they, they don't have the rings or, or it's like, are they over too blown and, and guys like a, a Westbrook should be miles ahead on like on all time lists? Like, the ESPN had an all time list and Westbrook was under what, Koozie? Yeah, under Bob Koozie. But it's like, okay, come on. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he's behind he's behind all the all the great point guards Westbrook was, and I'm like, man, I don't know. I think I'd rather have Westbrook. He's like, if, yeah, no, I know what you mean. If you put Westbrook in the 50s and 60s, he would average 65 points a game. I'm not kidding, but um, I don't know. It's hard because like nowadays, all these athletes are so much more um, athletic and in shape and all that. Like, if you put Jordan in today's NBA, he's still right up there as the most like in the in the top tier of most athletic guys but right. back then he was in a league of his own with athleticism so you put like you put russ lebron you put um guys like that that can jump out the gym even john morant back then it's like everybody's turning their head looking like who the, who's, who's that, that guy <laughs> yeah exactly yeah I, I feel that that's i feel like that's why like they think he can score 40 i, I don't know if y'all see nick wright's point one time where he talked about well if Jordan can get 40, that means, like, a Dominique Wilkins who was averaging, like, you know, 25, 26, he would get 35. And they were like, oh, no, no he wouldn't do that. Well, isn't that the same thing? And I was like, you can't, yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't pick and choose. Yeah, and, and, I, and I, I thought that's where he held like, man, you know what? That's a that's a good point because you got you got, you got got a Reggie Miller scoring all these points and 
y'all ain't talking about him dominating the league because people disrespect Reggie all the time. They said Clay Thompson better, so I'm like, okay, you know what I'm saying? So it's like if if they if you you can't the, the argument isn't isn't consistent throughout throughout the whole thing and. Um, and I, like you say, I love the night. I, like I watched the ESPN plus I watched a Niners game about every night just, just to, just to watch and, and just to be like, man, these, te- these teams was like stacked, like watching the 98 Bulls versus 98 Pacers game seven. Like you talk about a, a great game, game of runs, like Pacers started off hot. Then the Bulls started up. Then Pacers came back and Reggie out there looking like, uh, like looking like a, a, an elite superstar when we see like the Kevin Durant when he just take over, I was like, man, Reggie, another three, another three, another three, and it was cold. Yeah, we didn't have the bang, so I had I had to say it for 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 <laughs> the commentary because they didn't had it back then. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was pretty that was pretty fun to watch. Um, is there anything else on the last dance that y'all wish that we wish that they would have portrayed more, or um, as far as like, okay, we didn't we didn't see this. But it's like why? Like why did you take this out? Because like you got, you got a lot of deleted scenes. They didn't. They didn't even talk about Ron Harper's story getting there. Um, and well, I, he was kind of finished. He was kind of finished then. Like he had already did his thing with the Cavs and the Clippers, yeah. and then he had that the that, knee, knee, that yeah. reconstructive knee surgery. So he got to the Bulls. He was averaging like seven points a game. So you know, as a as a big guard, he was still a good defender for them, especially for that Phil Jackson system. But he wasn't the uh, the Ron Harper that he was when he came into the league. Oh yeah, of course. But do you th- you think that's kind of like a, you know, when you look at a lot of championship teams, like uh, you know Matt Barnes when he came to the Warriors, you had uh, you know Sean Livingston, like all these guys getting second chances, and it's like when you put that veteran around a great player, and, and I can see now I see why LeBron James wants to have a, a he wants to have these guys. He wanted a Danny Green and Jared Dudley versus. You know, when he was in Cleveland, he said, "I don't want Andrew Williams." And I, I can so he, so he got to punch him in the eye. That's why. Hey, you're right, but it's like that's you know that's crazy how we all not we but the the general consumption is like, oh Jordan, he had he got to have his teams are always slow, uh, or whatever because he, you know he had vets. So when he leave, they don't look as great. So it's kind of like okay, same thing. Ron Harper, Kerr, Paxson. Like, do you think these guys would be great? Of course not. But with Jordan, they fit perfectly, and this and that's why they they win. So I can I can understand. Like at first, I kind of man, man, I imagine LeBron had kept kept Andrew Wiggins, like you know, blah blah blah, um, you know, because Kevin Love, you know, you can say what you want about Kevin Love, but it's like man, if he had, had Andrew Wiggins, man, has some, like, a young buck with him, like and it's like Jordan, he denied a T Mac trade, like like man, imagine Jordan and T Mac for those you know last few years. My gosh, like oh. you know, obviously yeah. hindsight, T Mac was became that man but if if Jordan and you know could see like man this T-Mac guy can be special how far could we go on this next era which Jerry Cross is trying to allude to um so it, I can understand the veterans hey my I want to ask you this me and Rashad said that Kraus is an elite GM probably go down as one of the best GMs of all time but you know he had this whole thing about trying to rebuild so what 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 do you think his his bad things were like? What was his what was his like downfall? I mean, know he said about he wanted all the credit, but as far as a GM standpoint, what do you think he should have done done differently throughout the '90s, or do you think he should let them get a chance to uh, to run it back? I definitely think they should have tried to run it back. Um, I think his ego got in the way of a lot of stuff. Like he, you know, there was all those tapes, like you know championships or whatever championships are won by organizations not players not coaches all that all that but like it's tough i still think he's an elite gm um 
but I think there was a couple problems. And I know that there's a lot of GMs that are like that too. There's a couple, you know, like asterisks by their name, like what could have been with that team. I know they won six, but they could have won more, 100%. Um, and I think with Mike leaving that first time, he was burnt out from basketball. And I think that Kraus is one of the reasons, honestly. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he was the main reason because he was he kept trying to trade Scotty and retool the team and all that kind of stuff. Like you just like you, you just burn guys out and like they're lucky they even had Phil because you know that kind of stuff can fracture a locker room. So I think having Phil that's what really turned him and Cross against each other because it turned into like a Phil is our guy. So he kind of put it as the team versus leadership, not against Ryanstor, but against Kraus, even though he was a great scout. And he, he made some key moves, like that Cartwright for Oakley and knowing that you need to put a Paxson or a Kerr around to space the floor and hit some some mid-range jumps and corner threes, which was, if you could do that back then, that was that was elite back then. Because <laughs> now you got to be three and D now. You can just be just spot up three. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I, got, I got a lot more respect for Phil out of this too. I mean, he's got to deal with like – you got – Mike's popularity, you got Rodman's craziness going on vacations in the middle of the season. You got Scotty with the pay. You got to handle all that. Then you got jealous teammates. Uh, you know, Horace Grant is the main guy who was real upset about everything, how Mike handles his business. And then you got the front office basically saying, like, all right, we're done. This is it. This is the last dance. And you got Phil just holding everybody together, like, let's just do this. I, a lot of credit to Phil. Hey, I, I, was, I told Rashad this before. I was like, man, I probably would have been got fired because when Jordan when Jordan would have retired after that third uh, after the third championship, and we like, I mean, we had a good you know a good '94 season, but me not knowing Jordan coming back, yeah, I probably would have made that trade because you know the, the, the rumor with Sean Kemp and uh, I think the sixth man, I forgot his name, but they were gonna trade that. I was like, you know what, I probably would have done it, and either that or I would have traded Pippen in '98 when he demanded. I would got, I would have got him out of here. Like, and I, I would have ruined the Bulls dynasty. So I'm glad I wasn't the GM because Kraus, Kraus had more patience than I did. Um, as far as like demanding trades, like, because like now I maybe maybe it's more because of the, the era we in where you got guys demanding want to get out all the time, and I be like, all right, <laughs> and I, I would have cost the Bulls a, a '98 championship. I would have cost them '96, '97, '98 because I would have got Pippen out of here. Well, Scotty would have had Twitter blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> Bleach report at Scotty Pippen demands trade. Hey, he would he would had he would had um he would have got my nerves like also like if it was today with all social media, I would like Scotty would I, I would as, as a fan I would have hated Scotty like oh, yeah nobody would have put up with that yeah I just I just wouldn't I just wouldn't do it. Uh, Man, Scotty would be he'd be To right now. Oh, trying to get to the Hall of Fame. Hey, about to hate To he my Scotty would be. <laughs> So might begin begin to all this you know to all these uh, reports about will the NBA come back? Uh, when's the right time? Uh, so I think we have seen a lot of updates recently about you know a training camp in June, uh, possibly July, starting back, and you have these host sites like kind of like summer summer league vibes where I guess the West teams will play in Vegas, East teams play in in uh, in Orlando for the most part. Um, what is your what is your solution for the NBA as far as trying to come back through all this stuff? I mean, I think they're doing a pretty good job taking their time with it. Um, but at some point, they got to get it going, and I think they're doing that right now in the process. So, I mean, if they can if they can shoot for that mid July uh, start date, it's going to put them at like what 
early September finish, usually about a month or two. Depends if well, it depends how many regular season games they're going to do if they even go through with that. Um, but I just think this sets them up even more for the future of like shortening the season moving forward. Um, you know, having the start date pushed back maybe towards Christmas and still finishing up at the same summertime like they had previously. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I don't know how this will work without the fans. I know they talked about pumping in crowd noise like that. I don't know how that will be kind of weird. Um, WWE style. It's weird, man. I don't know. The NFL, you know how some of those teams are sneaky. They actually do, you know, they do it for real sometimes. But uh, I don't know. It'll be really weird to see that first game for sure without fans like that. Man, I hope they're done with the regular season, though. I hope they just – everybody's played about the same amount of games. So, like, that's yeah. why every game counts. You, you should have won more earlier because anything can happen. So, everybody's about at 64, 67 games. Hopefully, right. they just go ahead and call it quits. Like, if you're in, you're in. If you're not, head to the lottery. <laughs> I I think I think what they sh- should do if, if – because, you, you know, I think teams can file, like, lawsuits or something against, you know, the NBA for, I, I, I guess, but it's kind of like, well, this is a pandemic, so it, it doesn't really count. Um, but what it should do is have, like, some kind of different, different like, schedule. Like, whoever the eight seed is right now in the West. Uh, uh, what, Memphis. Memphis. Memphis, you have the Grizzlies. Like, make them kind of – not I wouldn't say a tournament because I don't really like that, but make but kind of like a um, – kind of like a – all right, Memphis, you're going to play Grizzlies this night. Grizzlies, uh, then you're going to play – the team who's trying to fight for AC, something like that. Because if you if you come out here and say, let's say you do give guys chances, but you make Pelicans play Lakers and Clippers, like what? I mean, do they really have a chance to get in there? No, you know. So you know, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a, a a cheat way to go out. But I mean, at the same point, it's like okay, the Wizards was on the way, they was on the rise, they were like three, four games back from the AC. So, but making them play Milwaukee and making them play the Celtics, then they, they have no chance of getting in. So if you do. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, what's the point of that? Like, right. I mean, some of these these bottom feeder teams, like at this point, just scrap it. Right. So yeah. So you might. So right. You try to say you might as well go and just start it because it's not it's not gonna be fair. However, you try to shake it out. So, uh, I, and we talk about like like seeding, how everything matters because you know the Nuggets, one of the, one of the best teams in the league. But if they if they they get a Rockets first round, like are they gonna come out? You know, round one or the Clippers. It, it, if they go through, you know, let's say let's say they go through uh, Mavericks, Rockets, Lakers. Like, are they they gonna be so battle tested? Are they gonna come out? And, and it's like, man, with all these with all these uh like without playing and trying to jump right back into elite form. It's like me and Rashad talked about last week. It's like is the champion the champion probably gonna have an asterisk regardless because. At some point, you know, let's say it's a player come out and get hurt. I mean, it's not fair, and say like, well, he wouldn't have got hurt if the season kept going because the training and and the grind is is, is so real. So, uh, your your thoughts about about um, if whoever wins, is it really an asterisk or do you think they earn it? I mean, me personally, I think they earned it. I mean, it's still a season. Like, it's there's not there's a lot different with it, but at the end of the day, it's still, they played almost a full season. They played as much of a season as they had the lockout, what, 10, almost 10 years ago now. So, um, but I think that the bigger issue, like LeBron talked about it a couple weeks ago when I think uh, Channing's podcast, he's like, we were just starting to ramp up for that playoff mode. Like my body was like a plus and now they got this two month layoff 
and these older guys, you might think like, okay, the rest is good, but like, they're not in game shape. Right. They can't, they can't run fives like that um, anywhere. So I think it's it's worse for these older teams um, trying to get back into shape. I mean, I look at it from like a, a nutrition and cardio standpoint because you got to think about a lot of these guys have shifts or some guys don't really have wives. So some guys can't even cook at all. So you, know, you got to think about, man, guys probably like here Uber eating, you know, ordering Uber Eats, getting Michael Jordan pepperoni pizza or something like that, man. So, like, so, so guys probably gaining weight, drinking Mountain Dew. You know, you got to think about guys are stuck in the house, man, not really getting any cardio in or depending upon where you live, you probably don't have a, a gym to go get on a treadmill or – To the rim down. <laughs> you like know, it's it just, so, yeah. it just, so, it just so many things. Like you said, you can't go run fives. You can't even go run a two-on-two, three-on-three. No. And like I said, depending upon what state you live in, like imagine if you live in New York, like the, the Nets will be in the playoffs. Nobody's going outside trying to go run two miles to get in shape. Like they're going to get bounced in the sweep anyway, but it's just going to be even worse now because you can't really stay in shape. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's like, you know, guys, like I bet you Jokic has gained 25 pounds. Uh, <laughs> Like some of them, there's no way these all these guys are staying in, you know, they're 100 shape like they were before. Hey, MB, I bet MB been eating. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> he got I, 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 I like him, but you know, he he always had like the injury and uh, weight concerns, so I'm pretty sure you know he he might be out of shape right now. I like MB, but I'm just calling it how it is. I'm about to say the Sixers are definitely in disadvantage, and so the Nuggets. I mean, because Jokic, he'll he'll play 45 minutes. Like he, he like man, he played like he played a lot of minutes, but not really. He don't be moving. <laughs> he just be out there. No, no. <laughs> uh, that's, that's my guy. But it's like man, yeah, I feel bad for. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of teams because if you don't have, if you don't have the guys who are like going back to the last dance, have that mindset of Michael Jordan, like it's gonna it's gonna be kind of hard to just you know come out here and just try to ladder gag through the season or whatever we wherever we got because like you said, July finished September. And then the next season going to start the next month. Like how, how you know, I, I don't know what's going all going to be affected about this. And it's kind of like, man, is, is it going to go into next season? Uh, or are they going to start on time? Or are they just going to push the next season back and just have a bunch of back-to-backs, which is what they're trying to get away from, you know? So it's kind of like, man, now they're going right back to it. and Or the scheduling have to be all – you got to put like five home games in a row so you don't have to worry about traveling. Like I wonder, I wonder how all that's going to go down. New CBA. Yeah, that's true. They're they're gonna have to alter the schedule. There's no way they can fit 82 because they st- they start right around Halloween, don't they? Yeah, or it's like more. it's like the yep. October 25th, somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. So if the season, if the season's gonna end in the middle of September September this year, that's only what a month turnaround. There's no way. Free agency, they need, everybody. They need to get three four months of time to to get their bodies right and all that. Um, they probably have to push back the start till towards Christmas. Yeah, it's going to December because you still got to have draft lottery, the actual draft, yeah. and then a preseason. So it's, it's going to December or maybe even January. Maybe it may be a January through July type of thing. Yeah. Uh, they, they, I mean, the, the NFL draft, they, they did pretty good with theirs as far as, like, not being able to, you know, scout all the way and, and go to get team visits. So it might be the same thing, but they might have to do workouts online and watch them, watch them, you know, shoot around or something. Um, but it's like, yeah, you you gonna need those those months, and then to be honest, it might even be better to start after uh, Christmas, like just a whole new. I mean, because this year you're gonna have to get 
condensed down too because there, yeah. there there's no way for like for agency like a guy who's coming up in his contract like the the market's gonna all, all been affected so you're gonna you probably just gonna take a one year deal and come back because you know all this like this so I mean it, it's it's really it's really terrible and I feel bad for like the you see all the rumors about Bucks and Giannis you know uh, that because if you get to the finals he probably will stay versus oh well. I'm not going to go and team up now and go to the Warriors, go to the Miami Heat, who has been rumored. So all that's going yeah. to be affected, and uh, it's, it's, it's really BS. I mean, I, I, know, I know we had no really control about this virus as far as it coming over, but uh, it really took a toll on, you know, on, the, on the whole world, not, not just including sports, but it's like, man, how can we get back to normalcy with all this going on? Uh, we got we got about five minutes left. Uh, real quick, if if the season so the season stopped right now, um, who would y'all have as y'all MVP, uh, your coach of the year, um, defensive player of the year, and, and most improved if we started if we stopped right now? So MVP and defensive player of the year, I'm giving both to Giannis. Honestly, um, simply put, best player on the best team in the league. Uh, you know. They're at, what fifty three wins. They're I mean they're they're leading the league in wins. Giannis he's got uh he's top three in points and rebounds. His PERs first. Um, I think the stat is the the Bucks defensive rating is the best defensive rating in the last like six years, and you know he's the he's the main guy on that on that team um, defensively too, anchoring that defense. Uh, for MVP I'm going Giannis, but for defensive player. I would have to go Anthony Davis. Uh, he's anchoring that Lakers defense, so I think that'll put a notch in his belt and kind of help him start climbing that all-time ranking. And coach of the year, I'm going Nick Nurse from Toronto. Uh, no Kawhi, the Pascal leap. I think uh, with him still being two in the East, I- I'll take Nick Nurse as coach. Um, I- I'm going with both of y'all guys for MVP and Defense Player of the Year. I think Giannis is going to grab one one of the top, one of those awards for sure. Um, whether they get Braun the MVP or Davis the Defensive Player of the Year, that's something like I can see either or. Um, but Giannis definitely coming out with one. Um, my Coach of the Year, man, I don't know. It's the the the, the Nick Nurse really really is the the ultimate favorite uh, in my opinion, just because of what you said. State still lost Kawhi, you're still a top team. Um, but I mean, if you if you want to go somebody else, I, I think I think my D'Antoni's deserve deserve a good shout out too as well because um, you know his, his Rockets team is still there, and even if you want to go you want to go Rick Carlisle uh, on Dallas because this team didn't think they were supposed to be there. Um, Luca emerged as as one of the youngest superstars, and they they right there in the nick of things. And if the season played out, they probably could have got a three seed. You never know. Yeah, the West is pretty tight right there from three through uh, three through seven. Really two through seven because Clippers and Nuggets on like one game apart. So it was it was pretty tight. And I think you said uh, most improved. I want to say Jason Tatum or Brandon Ingram, but um, you know even guys like Devontae Graham from like Charlotte who kind of came out of nowhere. You could say him, um, but my favorite would be Jason Tatum. I like Tatum too. I mean, because he's a two way player and I think he's one of the better ones in the league. But. Um... For coach of the year, I'm, I'm going to give to Nick Nurse, too, just like you guys were saying. I think, you know, you lose Kawhi and Danny Green, there's no way in hell they're going to be that good. Some, I mean, I, I thought they'd be like a six or seven seed, and they're, what, a two seed, third best record in the and, league? And this with dealing with injuries, too. Right, exactly. Um, with the emergence of Siakam, too, that's, that's crazy. But for improved, I'm going to say Brandon Ingram. 
Um, you got to think last year too. He had those blood clots, and people were kind of like, "Is he going to be right him off <laughs> back to normal?" We were thinking that that Chris Bosh thing might be getting him, mm-hmm. uh, but he is balling, and I think that uh, that team is set up real well with that young talent that they got. Yeah, I'm gonna go Ingram as well. I um, it's because All Star. Uh, the Pelicans, yes, Zion came back to help him along, but I mean Ingram was he was balling like he was stat wise. And uh, another guy we probably should give a shout out to probably a guy like Bam, uh, just because of what he was the year before to now. Um, obviously Jimmy Butler coming over, but um, he's he, he's one of the best young centers in the game. And shout out to my Kentucky boys, you know. Man, you could say Luca. He went from a rookie to an MVP race. I like it, yeah. Cause he he yeah. averaged he averaged a twenty nine and nine twenty nine nine and nine. Like this almost this almost Russ first triple double way back when, and I thought that's just crazy. Um, before we get out of here, Mike, uh, appreciate you for joining us, man. Uh, appreciate uh you know every time I hit you up, you always willing to come on. Uh, just just tell everybody where they can find you at again. Um, before we get out of here. Yeah, hey, appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. You know, always whenever, just hit me up. So. Uh, on Twitter at NBA Quick Report, you know, just having fun with it, breaking down NBA stuff. You know, you guys been following you guys for a long time too. Love collabing with everything in there. So check us out on Twitter. Most definitely, man. Appreciate you. You know it. All right, man. So we'll be back on here next next Thursday, same time as always. Catch us live at seven o'clock PM Eastern on Twelve Ounce Sports. Uh, this podcast will be out tomorrow, so make sure you check that out. Uh, if you, if you, if, uh, or sh- share it to a friend who missed the live show, uh, appreciate 12 on sports again, uh, for giving the opportunity. So, uh, but preach care, preach with Rashad. We out.